Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. I'm Joey Pizzolatto, and this is the November episode of the Industry Pulse, a monthly market update on trends in auto finance in credit quality, credit demand, residual values, regulatory compliance, macroeconomics, and more. It's my pleasure to introduce Rusty West, president of MarketScan Information Systems, who I believe is returning for his third appearance on the Industry Pulse. Uh, Rusty's here to talk to us about uh, payments and software as a service, or more specifically, and perhaps a marriage of the two, automotive payments as a service. Rusty, welcome back to the show. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Joey. I always enjoy our conversations. So, Great, great. Well, um, I think it's fair to say that most of our listeners are familiar with software as a service, and certainly they're familiar with payments. Um, but can, can you talk a little bit about the premise of automotive payments as a service or a pass, you know, what is it, uh, who, who uses it? Yeah, sure. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of exactly what it sounds like, right? Software as a service has become a really big thing. Um, automotive payments as a service is just an expansion of that philosophy and, uh, the targets for that are basically any, uh, one of the several verticals, if you will, that focus in automotive, um, who can benefit from having completely uh, baked transactional payments. Uh, so it's lending institutions, manufacturers, the biggest part is any, any technology that's uh, presenting payments to consumers, right? Um, uh, obviously, you know, digital retailing, modern re uh, retailing technologies, uh, DMS solutions, dealerships, um, even, you know, ad tech firms, uh, if you want to go way upstream. So yeah, the focus is pretty broad. Great. Um, so, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, drill in a little bit more on that. Um, I guess, what are, what are the immediate benefits of APAS? So the ability to quote a precise payment to a consumer for every step of his journey uh, is what APAS brings to the table. So one of the biggest um, problems that we're facing as an industry right now is inconsistent messaging to the consumer, right? It, you know, and everybody's looking for this, you know, online shopping experience, Amazon type shopping experience, realistically a Carvana type shopping experience, but they control the whole narrative. So uh, when we can quote payments, regardless of where the consumer is in their journey, and those payments include everything, which is all the taxes and registration fees and all the goofiness that's associated with that, along with, you know, all the rebates and incentives and the special lending institution programs, rates, residuals, mileage adjustments, all that kind of stuff, but also combines and respects the terms and conditions under which each participating dealership is willing to transact, then we're able to give a consumer a payment or an experience where the payment they're presented is the same from first point of contact to the time they take delivery of the vehicle, assuming the scenario doesn't change. And that's what is maintaining the trust. That is right now the single biggest complaint on CSI scorecards now is that I was quoted something different online. When I got to the store, it was, it was higher. And you, we all know the, the pain a dealer has to deal with when they go through that. Right, you and I actually, we talked about this at length, that, that issue um, back, in, back in June. Um, so, you know, 
I'm, I'm interested in how the, the underlying technology works. It seems like there's a lot of moving parts. So how are they all connected together? Can you speak to that? Yeah, um, uh, it's uh, we could probably spend three weeks talking about that, but I'll distill it down to a, a few points. Um, you know, we've got these different, there's different classes of data, but regardless, there's a bunch of pieces of information that have to be uh, taken into consideration. So uh, our approach to the solution was build technology to electronically aggregate all this data, you know, from the lending institutions, from the manufacturers, from the municipalities, um, and then obviously from the dealerships, right? And, um, and then build a calculation engine that is elastic, that's in the cloud, right? Because, you know, it's, you, cloud computing is amazing, right? But it's also kind of the world's most expensive gas pump. Right? <laughs> so uh, so our, our process, when demand hits, it swells. And, you know, you know obviously there's certain times of day where it's or, or, you know, three, four o'clock in the morning, not as many people shopping at contracts, right? So, uh, so we built this elastic mechanism that allows us to serve up these payments and we're calculating 200, 300 million payments a day right now through the ecosystem, so. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, it's a whole lot. So yeah, if it wasn't for cloud computing, uh, APAS literally uh, uh, would be, technologically speaking, I don't think it'd be impossible, but it'd be impossible to justify the expense to build the infrastructure necessary to serve it up. And, you know, with uh, companies like Microsoft and Amazon, um, you know, their cloud services, it's so easy to just say, hey, we need more horsepower. And they say, okay, right. And then, you know, at the end of, end of the month, they send you a bill, but, but it's, it's pennies compared to what we would have had to spend uh, a decade ago to try and accomplish the same thing. Right. So, so drilling in um, a little bit more on the data that you mentioned, you know, what, what data, uh, a little bit more specifically, what data components um, are analyzed? So there's, there's five classes of data. Um, there's the consumer, the manufacturer, the lender, the municipality, and the dealership. So the consumer's the wild card, right? Everybody's got their own appetite for a particular vehicle, budget, driving habits, credit profile, all that kind of stuff. So we, we have to, everybody has to take those on the fly. It doesn't matter um, whether it's digital retailing or even a lending institution who's analyzing, you know, how they want to go uh, target these customers. The other four classes of data are highly trackable. So if we look at the manufacturer class, we have to track everything in a couple of different categories. Um, I'll rattle them off, right? You ready? So from the vehicle standpoint, year, make, model, trim, description, cost, MSRP, shipping, gas, guzzle, bore, stroke, number of cylinders, um, EPA mileage, three or four different weight figures, and all that kind of stuff. And so it's a bunch of little T90 weird things that seem like they may not matter, but they're going to impact a registration fee calculation in some place or a registration or a, a residual value calculation or whatever, right? So we got to get all that stuff right. And then you get the super complex chunk of the manufacturer class of data, which is all the rebates and incentives. And there's three categories of those, right? So you've got the automatic rebates and they just apply to everybody, but they vary based on the type of transaction. And we've all seen the ads, right? You get $2,000 or 0% financing. Right. So if I, if I get my 0% financing, I don't get the rebate. If I go with say an ally financial or, or capital one or something at, at 1.9%, I get 2000 bucks. 
we don't know which one's going to have be a better package. We have to look at both of them, right? So those are the automatic rebates. They're dictated by the type of calc or transaction, but everybody gets it. And then there's classed conditional rebates and unclassed conditional rebates. And the classed conditional rebates, the four most common would be college grad, military, um, loyalty or repeat customer in the conquest. And then there's, um, I think there's six or seven others. There's like um, first responders is getting very popular and that kind of stuff. And then you have the unclassed ones, which are, there's billions of dollars of these, but they're just all the, the kind of out there ones. Uh, National Funeral Directors Association, $500 rebate, right? If you're an undertaker or case heavy equipment operator and all that stuff. So those are also available, but they're obviously highly consumer specific. So you get all that detail for the manufacturer class of data. And then there's, then there's three other classes we have to take in consideration as well. So if you take the manufacturer class and you kind of pump it full of steroids, that gives you an idea what the lending institution class of data looks like. And you know, obviously what you're doing, you see a ton of this stuff, right? But um, you have to look at every parameter policy and factor from every lending institution in order to calculate the payments properly. So uh, I like looking at leasing, right? We started as a, a leasing software company and leasing's super complex, which is what makes it so much fun. But you know, you get your, the big pieces are your rates and your residual values, but then you got all the other stuff, right? If, if my customer writes 17,000 miles a year, what are the mileage penalties? What's the maximum advance? What's the maximum down payment? Can we mark up the rate to make paid reserve? What's that split look like? How much one, you know, all these different things. So you have to get the math right, but you have to stay within the guardrails of what the lending institution will allow. That way we're not quoting payments that we can't deliver. Mm -hmm. And then you get to the municipality, which is all the taxes and registration fees. And when we were talking about all those goofy elements associated with the description of a vehicle, those really come into the play on the registration side. And then the taxation side is all kinds of wacky, right? I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter where you are. There's 13 states in the country where it's easy to understand. And if you count DC, there's 38 where it's not, right? And uh, so we got to get that stuff right. And then if you get all that right, you still have to look at what's the dealership terms and conditions. How much are they willing to sell a vehicle for? What lending institutions do they have available for their customers? Um, what, what fees do they charge? Um, do they want to mark up rates? Um, and then there's a boatload of switches and levers that are how they interpret all these weird tax laws because there's a lot of ambiguity in those 38 states we talked about. And if we don't get those switches and levers right, then we're going to be quoting different payments. So, so you got this... It, it's a massive amount of data and it's a massive amount of elements that define each combination also. So it's, um, it's a lot of stuff, but, uh, but once you get it right, then you can do that consistent messaging for the consumer. Right. So, so with all those different variables, and I mean, like you said, there's thousands of variables that you have to take into account, you know, how do you, how do you go about, you know, analyzing all that data or maybe, you know, a better way to phrase that is, you know, how do you ensure the accuracy, like you said, how do you ensure the accuracy of the payment that you're presenting to the consumer? Yeah, so that's uh, that's the most challenging piece to get right. And um, the, the only real answer to that is time, right? You know, uh, we've been doing this actually 
it's kind of an interesting date to uh, have our uh, our conversation. Uh, today marks 31 years of moving to California and starting um, Market Scan in California. We've been doing this for 33 years because we started in Atlanta. And you know, you, you establish relationships with lending institutions, manufacturers, people at the different um, DMVs and municipalities, and then obviously we're I don't know, 10, 11,000 dealerships that we work with, right? So access is one of the most difficult parts, right? Is getting access to all this information. And then um, our approach, um, and I don't know if it's unique or not, because it's the only thing I've ever done, but our approach has been, um, if you have to manually enter anything three or more times, write a software package to understand the information when it comes in. And that way it gets it done very quickly, but it's super consistent and, you know, and it, it never, uh, it never leaves because it's sick and it never makes a keystroke error, right? So you know, teach a computer to do something and, and it'll wash, rinse, repeat and do it consistently. So that's, that was our approach is where we spent three decades establishing relationships and building software to um, organize all this stuff that's out there. Right, right. So let's, let's not shift gears, but let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, the lender dealer dynamic, you know, how, how might, how, how, how does this, how does the, the data analytics um, behind automobile a pass, let's call it since I'm, I'm going to screw the, the real name up. No, um, how, does it, how does it change the dynamic? Yeah. So I, I love this question, right? Um, so lending institutions, manufacturers, car dealers, every player in the space is kind of um, trying to solve the same problem from a different lens, which is they're in a position where they basically have to buy the business, right? The secret is to pay the right price for it. So if you're a lending institution and you look at the world or you look at the problem differently, which is let's not see how, let's, it's not how the outside, it's not how we see the outside world that matters. It's how the outside world sees us, right? How's the consumer see us and what's going to influence that consumer's behavior? And what we found, in, and especially now because cars are getting so expensive and now they're being sold for a premium and we're average price is $45,000, $47,000. People aren't price shoppers anymore. They're payment shoppers. How much up front, how much a month for how many months, right? And does it check my needs boxes and does it fit my budget? And if the answer to all those questions is yes, then the consumer's um, behavior will uh, be modified, right? And they'll engage and, and they'll maybe take delivery of vehicle. So from a lending institution standpoint, if we can look and say, okay, taking everything into consideration, all the taxes and fees and all the rest of the stuff, what are my payments compared to my competitor's payments, right? If I'm $75 a month higher than um, the best guy that's out there, the chances of me earning that customer's business or influencing that consumer's behavior to engage with us, pretty remote. Conversely, if I'm $75 a month cheaper than everybody else, I'm going to get the lion's share of the business, but I'm probably paying too much for it. So it gives us the ability to find a balance where we can say, okay, we want to be $10 a month cheaper than everybody on these vehicles or, or, or the, the, our nearest competitor or 3% or whatever the target that they're looking for, right? And then you give them some switches and levers to pull to get there. And, uh, and then they can define, okay, this is the rate, the residual, the you know, bank fee, whatever pieces they want to modify 
um, that we have to use in order to buy that business for the exact right price. And, uh, and in order to be able to do that, the APAS engine basically takes and plays around with all these different things until it comes up with that right, um, that right solution, right? And, uh, and then it just gets served up to the lending institutions. Gotcha. So how, how, how does that, those insights play into, you know, um, you know, captive subventive um, financing programs for just, if we're going to take like one example. So that's a great question. Um, if th th there's a couple ways to, to look at answering this one, right? One of them is if you look at it strictly from a lending institution's perspective, the other is if you look at it from a manufacturer's perspective where the manufacturer controls the captive subvention programs which in a lot of cases they do, right? So if they do, then there's other switches and levers that they can pull, which are rebates and incentives as well. Um, and, but the, the solution to the problem is the same. The only difference is, is that we can, we can mix up more of our variables, right? So we might say, okay, look, I want to be $5 a month cheaper than this competitive lender over here. And I want to blend, if I'm $100 a month too high, or if I'm $95 a month too high and I want to be $5 low, I got to find $100 a month. I might want to get $25 a month out of a rebate, you know, and $10 a month here and, and $15 a month here and $30 a month here and 20 bucks a month here to get that $100 difference. And, um, and then we can analyze that and the system will say, okay, here's the rate residual rebate incentive bank fee that you need in order to generate that exact payment, everything else being equal. So... All right. All right. So, so then let's look a little bit deeper. I think this is my, one of my final questions for you. Um, in what way um, can, can, you know, these data insights um, kind of inform the way auto lenders think about their portfolio structure? So it's, it's, it's a similar, it's a similar question, right? Um, if we're not looking at just an individual vehicle, right? Um, we have to look at a uh, lending institution from a, a spend perspective, right? They're going to try and, they're going to try and buy this business. They're basically want to go after certain segments of the market. We like these cars in this area because we have good luck with them, right? And, uh, and then we look at a, a broad range of vehicles for any um, zip code, if you will, and for any demographic. I want 720 credit score in um, 90210, that's probably not a good example. I guess everybody in Beverly Hills has something better than a 720, but right, 30342, right? So we're in Atlanta, 720 credit score. Um, and we want to be positioned here against our competitors on every make, model, trim from Acura to Volvo for, you know, 2021 and 2022 model years. So it's five, 6,000 vehicles. We can look at it and analyze that entire piece and say, okay, if we want to be here, how much does it cost us gain or loss per trim in order to achieve that. And, uh, and the system will do that. It'll tell you, okay, this is what your program looks like. The nearest lender you're competing against, this is their program, right? This is what, um, if, you, you know, if you have to um, increase your residual value, de decrease your rate, um, increase a rebate and all that stuff, this is what it costs you from a yield perspective, from a residual risk perspective, from you know, a, a basically profit and loss. And you can see exactly what the gain loss is for each vehicle. And then you can say, okay, 
it's too expensive. This doesn't make sense for me on these vehicles. I'll back that off. These vehicles, it works well. Um, and it also works on the opposite side too, which is if we're too competitive, we're spending too much, it'll tell us how much additional profit we can pick up, how much more yield we can pick up, how much residual risk we can mitigate, all that kind of stuff. So it gives you the ability to manage your portfolio in a manner where you're kind of combining science, technology, and data to get it exactly right, as opposed to having to throw just massive amounts of analysts at it to get close. Right. All right. Great. Rusty, thank you so much again for, for joining us today. Um, it's always a pleasure to have, have these discussions with you. Um, to our listeners, uh, what market trends are you most interested in? Shoot us an email at info at autofinancenews.net. And thank you for joining us. Um, we'll see you next time. And Rusty, um, have a absolutely wonderful holiday. And uh, Rusty will be back in June uh, for his fourth appearance, if, if, my, if I can count. <laughs> well, Joey, thank you so much. I, I, I always, like I said, I always enjoy spending time with you and have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk between now and June, but I very much look forward to our visit in June. Oh, absolutely.